Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 234. I hope you guys are having a great holiday season. You know, last week when we came on, we mentioned that that was going to be the last episode. But you know what? I thought this would be a great one to kind of end with. Today, we're going to be talking all about ISTE certification. This is actually a hot topic these days, and I have a fantastic guest on. Not only is he a great educator, he's also a Microsoft Innovative Educator, Microsoft Fellow, and he's a guy after my own heart. He is a, a I never say former, he is a music educator. And today we're going to be talking all about ISTE certification. Many of you guys know who've been listening to the show, I've been uh, running myself through the ISTE certification process for the last uh, two to three months or so. And we're going to have a great conversation today about what it is, how to become ISTE certified, what the process is, why, what a portfolio looks like, and all of those tricks that, uh, well, frankly, I've been asking him the last three months. So sit back and relax. We've got a great show for you this holiday season, all about ISTE certification. And if you guys haven't had a chance yet, do me a favor, head on over to askthetechcoach.com. We have completely redesigned the website over the last couple months. And since the break has started, I've been adding a lot of new content, changing things around a little bit as I start writing my instructional coaching and digital learning book. Hope you guys have a chance to check all that stuff out. If you're looking to find out more information about this and other TeacherCast shows, you can head on over to teachercast.net and find all of our coaching stuff over at askthetechcoach.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. Again, I want to say thank you guys for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. My guest today, as I mentioned, is not only a music educator, he is an amazing person to talk to all about things Microsoft. I had a chance to meet him in Atlanta a few weeks ago or so. We had a chance to tour the brand new Microsoft headquarters in Atlanta, and we even had a great time going through the LinkedIn offices. I want to bring on today my good friend, Mr. Rick Ballou. Rick, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm doing great. How are you? I am fantastic. I am enjoying the break. I'm looking forward to this coming year. A lot of great stuff happening. But, you know, I got to tell you, this week I am I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with the kids. How was your holiday? Oh, great. Good. Um, it's it, I my kids are older than yours, so I get to uh more spend time hanging out in the same room with them while they're on their phones but so am i so i can't really say anything about that but it's good very very cool um tell us a little bit about yourself i mean i, I kind of gave a little bit of, of who you are and what you're doing here but you know music and technology and microsoft tell us a little bit about yourself okay um i started teaching in the 1900s uh, okay 1998 um i 
began as a fifth grade instrumental music teacher, which sounds super fancy, but it's a beginner band teacher. Uh, the way my school district does it uh, is every fifth grader is required to play an instrument, which is cool. Uh, the issue is it was only me and one other full-time educator. So one more, more FTE would go to all 10 of our elementary schools, two buildings a day, five days a week. And she would see all the string players. I'd see all the band players and we see every single student. So as I started in the 90, 1998, we did a lot of things on paper and pencil. And then eventually my school district adopted Google. And so I started going down the rabbit hole of how can I make my life a lot more efficient with the whole Google thing. So I started getting certified for Google level one, level two, then I got my Google trainer and then Google innovator and then Google coach. And then I went, what else is out there? So that's when I got into Microsoft and became a Microsoft innovative education expert, Microsoft fellow. And along the way I found is the certification. And so I kind of went down the rabbit hole of all things ed tech and found myself just getting all sorts of great opportunities where I, um, like I said, I've, do stuff with Google and Microsoft just as a teacher, right? Because I use those tools. But along the way, I became ISTE certified in one of the early, earlier cohorts. And uh, from there, working with Carmelita, who is Carmelita. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Carmelita Sites and Daisy, uh, Sam, who both kind of run the ISTE certification for educators program. They hired me on as a ISTE certified trainer. So I helped do the ISTE certified educator training from ISTE. Because initially when ISTE certification started, uh, however long ago, ISTE contracted this out. So like your local ed tech PD people would have done ISTE certification. So what you're going through now uh, would have been put on by some local company that would do a two-day thing. They'd bring in usually like Friday, Mm -hmm. and teach you some of the standards in fact there was a big yoga component to it really <laughs> yes that that explains the slides yep and that it, explains the slides yep and in the, in the jigsaw people are like well what is that well that of course is mountain pose which is anyway so the <laughs> idea was you would like you're stretching your practice huh with the and then anyway so um on that two-day thing we would get up and stretch our practice and literally stretch. And we learned, we crammed all of the stuff you're doing over the course of these months into two days in person. And then about eight weeks asynchronously via D2, Brightspace D2L. And it was not ideal. So Carmelita and Daisy put together due to the pandemic came up with this idea of what if we did it virtually and what if we did it ourselves what if isti did it so uh carmelita and daisy reached out and found some people who went through the program and can usually read a script fairly well and so now there are people who are isti certified trainers like myself who get to do deliver this uh curriculum so i gotta tell you i am having such a great time with this and you know one of the things that was mentioned in our first meeting and and we're going to go through the whole process today and, and, and you know over the next 20 minutes or so but one of the great. things that was mentioned is the fact that you do learn a lot about yourself yes. and you know you and i have a scarily similar backgrounds music 
multiple buildings. Now we're into the, the ed tech thing and we've got, you know, Google, Microsoft that like yep. you and I are like, you know, very similar just from a different time zone. Yep. But I've learned a lot in the last few months about myself as a teacher, as myself about a clinician. Um, I'm finding as a coach, it's not just here's my philosophy on how we need to be doing things in the classroom. Please go do it. I'm now explaining things with backing. I'm now explaining things with here's the standard and here's why I'm doing this. And that's made it easier, I hope, for me to work with my teachers. But even more importantly, that's made it easier for me to work with my administrators. It's not just, hey, Rick, I think we need to be doing more Google Classroom. It's, hey, because we want our students to be future ready and that means they're going to hit standards, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Mm-hmm. We need to be using more Google Cloud, you know, as an example, right? Absolutely. But it's it's an amazing thing. Let's just kind of go through a little bit for those who are new or maybe who, have, who are listening to this because they're interested. Um, why does somebody want to become ISTE certified? That's a really good question. And I'm going to be honest how I came to it. And um, hopefully I don't upset anyone. I like badges. I got, <laughs> once, once I got my trainer badge and then finally got the innovator badge and, you know, the Microsoft ones and Pear Deck and Flipgrid and blah, blah, all the tools. I was like, what else is there? And I heard about ISSI certification. I went, ooh, that's a badge that sounds cool. Then I got into it and went, what, why, what did I get myself into? But along the way, I realized that it's not just a badge. It's like a whole philosophy that really supports all forms of modern teaching. And so it was something that I was able to say, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I'm uh, Pear Deck certified or or whatever, right? I I have the badge for, um, I don't know, name your tool. But that that's great. But with ISTE certification comes the understanding that I am a certified educator in the ISTE standards and the ISTE standards can be used for any subject matter teaching at any level. So that is really what I've been able to use as like my backstop and, and to no matter what kind of teacher I'm working with, I can say, I, lo- I love that you're hitting the social studies standard. I'm really happy you're getting these math standards, but let's look at something that could enrich your teaching. And the ISTE standards do that. And, and I'll tell you one thing here. We, we, I, I kind of joke about this often and say things like, if you have 10 tech coaches in the room, there's 25 job descriptions. Yep. And when you when you're badging and you are Google certified, Microsoft certified, Edpuzzle certified, you name it, you are a tech coach. Yes. But with ISTE certified, I mean, yes, technically my role right now is instructional coach for digital learning. But with this certification and with the stuff that we're working on, I really am starting to feel for the first time in 12 years like an instructional coach. Right. And maybe that's the 15 years as, and I'm going to say it, Rick, I'm sorry, just a music teacher. I've been there. Right. (laughs) Like I don't have experience with fifth grade. I don't have experience teaching Mesopotamia, but, but through these experiences, you're like, Oh no, 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 we're we're good. I, I, you know, it's those kinds of things. So, and I agree with you, right. 
there's many reasons to do this for myself. Um, I, you know, I've been to ISTE for 10 years now and in the last couple of years, it's always been the, if you're ISTE certified, these things can happen or you are able to do this activity or you're invited to, and there's all those different things, mm-hmm. but I'm also seeing now if you want this experience outside of ISTE, it's good to have as a badge, for instance. For sure. Um, Ten years ago, if you wanted to become an instructional coach, you kind of needed to be Google One or a Google, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And now it's, no, if you want an instructional coaching job, that's this is the badge to get because everybody's a Google Level One. Right. Everybody's an MIE, right? But how many fellows are there and how many, 15, and mm-hmm. how many ISTE certifieds are there? And and I I don't know all the numbers, but I remember the last time we had a meeting, Carmelita mentioned that there's something to the effect of like 1,300 total people. And I think they're trying to onboard like another nine, 950 or something like that right now. Like basically like you're trying to double the number of the program. And that's right. awesome. Mm-hmm. So we know a little bit about why you would want to do this. And I, and I, I'm, I let, me, let me just stop right here and say this has to be personal. Yes. Right. Sure. I'm I'm fortunate. I'm lucky. Like my, I, I've got a whole two cohorts of my district going through. There's a whole thing in Connecticut of let's get people ISTE certified. Um, I know our good friend Ashley McBride down in North Carolina. She works for the NCDOE. She's doing a whole thing on how do you get people into ISTE and get the, like. There's a lot of these movements. Mm-hmm. But I want to say this at the top of the show. This is work. This oh, is a yeah. lot of stuff. You have to want to do this. Mm-hmm. You have to want to spend, and this is, this is what I'm doing, six hours on a Sunday getting your homework done. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we kind of go through here. But, but you got to want this. This isn't like go take a test and, or do a, strike a yoga pose and do right. this. Um, sure. So we talked a little bit about why. How, if somebody as a person wants to be ISTE certified, um, how does that happen? Do we sign up? Does it cost something? Um, do I have to do something with my school? Does my principal have to approve? How does one start the process? That's a great question. When I went through it, I did it myself. Um, cause, uh, I'll, I'll say it too. I was just the music teacher. I wanted to get all these ed tech badge things but I was just the music teacher. And so I found the closest one, which at the time I'm in Minnesota, the closest one was St. Louis. So I paid them, M-E-T-C, I think is who who they were. Um, I paid them whatever it was at the time and drove myself down there and did the two day course and drove myself back, paid for it again out of my own pocket. Uh, You don't, I didn't need approval from my district because they, I, did it on my own time with my own money. But nowadays, <laughs> sadly, no. Um, but now these days, uh, school districts are doing it for their their employees. Like I helped to lead a cohort with Clark County, which is in Las Vegas. And that Clark County is enormous. And there were probably about 50 educators who went through that. Um, I'm doing a cohort now with Oklahoma, and that's split between three of us, three trainers, and it's uh, an online school district there. You, like you said, are doing it with Connecticut and your yeah. school 
district. So it it helps to get district approval and then for them to foot the bill, which let, that's nothing to sneeze at. What What um, is that bill while you're bringing that up? That's a really good question. I don't know for sure. When it's, it, it, it's north of eight. I think it might be around 850 when I like for it because, it again, it used to be farmed out to different companies. Each one had their own pricing model. But I think for ISTE, the, the virtual one, I think you're right. It should It's probably around 850. Um, yeah, that, that's nothing to sneeze at, right? That's not a, a $25 fee to do the le- Google level two, <laughs> right? So it, it, yeah. it is a business expense. Mm-hmm. Yep, you, you can certainly write it off. Right? It's all those kinds of things, but um, you have to want to do this, right? Oh, for, for sure. It's uh, I was when I got my certification. I was also going through a second master's program because again, you can't you can't just end with one master's. I'm so um, glad I'm finished with mine before I started this. <laughs> well, it it worked out because I ended up kind of double dipping, so to speak, because I'd write do something for my. Uh, master's program and go, you know, this, this, I can do this for ISTE too. So I, I was already in the mindset of doing the homework, but if I wasn't in the mindset for this, this is, you can get master's level credit for this. So yes. it is, it is genuine work and it really makes you examine your own practice and not just the cool, I use the shiny tech tool, but the why, why are you using the shiny tech tool and what is it, what purpose does it serve? So the current program has nothing to do with yoga. Although I got to be honest, and 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 I I I love the slides, but the yoga poses are still there. Um, the way that the current program is set up, it is uh, what would you say eight nine months like that? It, it's 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 two two and a half months of meetings. Yep. Right. It's it's five synchronous meetings, one asynchronous meeting, which. The first asynchronous meeting is really just like the paperwork, just kind of getting yourself in and asking questions. But it's five meetings. Mm -hmm. Each meeting has synchronous activities and asynchronous activities. And there's a, um, uh, would you call it an LMS? There's a platform. What what, what is the platform called that that we're using? It's called Brightspace D2L, which stands for desire to learn. Um, Before I did this with, ISTE, I, I actually am an adjunct instructor for a university here in Minnesota, and we use exactly the same uh, LMS. So I've, I've gotten to know it really well, and it it is extremely customizable, mm-hmm. which can be good and can also be frustrating. Um, every time I've been a trainer through ISTE, we've tweaked the user experience for the learners every single time. And I'm I would say it's getting better all the time. I am bummed like you that there's no more yoga. In fact, for a while before each jigsaw presentation, which for our listener, there are seven standards for ISTE. And one of the things we ask of the learners is to, okay, this group, we just randomly pick a group. We don't always, I randomly pick. Sometimes we'll group them by like, Hey, your instructional coaches, you're going to do this X, Y, Z, whatever. So well, they'll pick one of the standards and we'll say, you're going to present on this standard. What I used to do before each one is this standard represents the mountain pose. All right, everybody, I need you to stand up. Like, so I get everyone on camera to do it. I am so sorry. This is an audio only podcast. He's doing yoga on my show. Yep. I, I, 
and then I'd, I'd hold the pose. And then on my other screen, I go, this pose represents the, but we don't do that anymore. Cause I guess people thought it was silly. I loved it, but <laughs> hashtag Minnesota, hashtag yep. Minnesota. For sure. <laughs> Let's go through some of the activities here because I because yeah. that was one of my questions is what do you learn? Wh mm -hmm. What are we supposed to do? Is this all written? I mean, you, you know, you had mentioned you were doing grad school. I just finished mine. Many other people mm -hmm. listening to this are in some kind of school. This is not write paper, write paper, write paper. Thankfully, no, because um, as someone who is doing the training, I would then have to read paper, read paper, read paper and forget it. That's that's why we teach music, dude, that we <laughs> I'm not reading any papers. I hear them perform and I'm done. Um, but so like a lot of the activities are discussion board posts. A lot of them are um, creating a slide deck. A lot of them are. But most of them really are digging deep into the ISTE sort of the ISTE standards for educators. There are seven standards with 24 indicators. That's about three ish indicators per standard. Right. And so what we do with ISTE certification is we take the learner standard. That's the big overarching thing. And then there's the indicators, which really get into the specific parts of the standard. And then we want take that down to a criteria that you can then prove that you meet. And, and that's the fun part. Mm -hmm. And this is the I, question that I've been asking you on the side. Sorry, Carmelita. But when you say prove you've met the standard, mm -hmm. what does that mean? That's a really good question. It depends entirely on what criteria and what standard, right? So let's just, because it's top of mind and it's usually the one that gets a lot of the confusing questions is the very first standard under learner for educator is, yep, you got it up here. So go ahead, click on 2.1.a, right? 2.1.a, set professional learning goals to explore and apply pedagogical approaches made possible by technology and reflect on their effectiveness. That's a that's a big old word salad, right? How do I do that? How do I set my how, but then how do I prove to you that I've set my do I get my do I get my 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 boss to sign a piece of paper? What what does that mean? How do I prove to you that I've set these goals? Well, and just setting them doesn't mean that you achieve them, right? We want to see that you are setting the goals. So the idea is we take that standard, that indicator, and bring it down to sets professional learning goals. And then we have a who, what, where, and why that's in the criteria, the criteria guidebook that we give you that says set professional learning goals. Goals means plural, so it can't just have one. Two, this is ISTE certification, so there's a T. There needs to be something technological involved. And you are the learner, so this needs to be about what you want to learn. Not my students will, which is, as teachers, that's what we always do, right? My students will. Nope, this is you being greedy, and what are you going to learn that has to do with technology? And I got to be honest, and I'm going to be open about this on this recording. That was one of the assignments that I failed. Because when I put it in, I put down what I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And that's not what ISTE is asking. ISTE is specifically saying, what do you want to learn? Yes. Which, Which is totally different than what do I want my students to do or what do I, right? Yep. 
And it's in it, this again, like you said, it's very personal. And this is you changing the way we're thinking on stuff as this one is the hardest one for a lot of teachers because it's requiring you to be selfish. And that's yeah. not something educators do naturally. And so it's one of these things where it's like, look, we get it. You're all about the students. Love that. Love that about you. However, what are you going to do to make your practice better? What do you want to learn for you? And if you look at my report card now that we've gone through all five weeks, I've got hundreds on everything but that one. And as you said, like, I'm so, how can I help? And th this right. is the, no, no, no. What do you want to do? And yeah. it sets the tone for the rest of the, rest of the course. For sure. And in, in fact, that's another thing that has been a challenge for a lot of people going through this program. I almost always speak in the royal we when I'm talking about like, we want you to be able to do this. We want, you know what I mean? And that is not what the evaluators are looking for. That's not what the trainer is looking for as you're going through this. This is you being selfish. I did this with my students. I achieved this by doing X, Y, and Z. You are probably part of a team, right? That does all this stuff, which is cool, but that's not what they're looking for in this. Okay, so I, I want to stop you there. I did this. I did this. Because here's the next question that's going to pop up, Rick. Mm -hmm. Is ISTE certification for everyone? And I'm going to preface this by if I'm a teacher with students, can I do this? If I'm a coach where, stu where teachers are my students, can I do this? And if I'm an administrator of any kind, mm -hmm. Can I do this? Yes, with a but. Uh, let me explain. That's not a no with an if. This is yes with a but. Uh, it's, it is the, it's the standard for educators. So if you are a teacher with K-12 students or even higher ed students, this is honestly kind of tailor-made for you. If you are a coach where your learners, because we often say lose the word student, use the word learner, um, where your learners are the teachers you work with, you can do it. It can just be a little bit more of a challenge. And for admin, same deal. Because like, how many times do you get to do that kind of instruction with your staff, right? Like when you're a teacher, you're seeing them every day for about six and a half hours. You can you can get this, you can hit these um, criteria, make these artifacts, prove it. When you're a coach, it's a little tougher because you may not have that much access to your staff teachers, right? And admin, it's even tougher, but it can be done. In fact, Carmelita has, uh, just for this thing, uh, this particular question, when admin get into this and go, Ooh, I don't think I can do it. She has a bunch of portfolios of successful admin to say, no, look, here's how you can do it. And so she is more than willing to show that this, this can be for everyone. It's just, it becomes more of a challenge depending on where you fall in the education uh, sphere. Now, this ISTE course is really in uh, multiple phases. Phase mm -hmm. one is essentially the welcome and the five meetings. Yep. And through those meetings, like I said, you, you got some homework assignments. You learned something about yourself. I love the fact that the meetings were all in groups and we get a chance to work. There's a lot of breakout sessions and you get a chance to see, you know, if you're with people, you know, you get a chance to see your colleagues and interact with them in a different way. Um, yep. I'm sure for yourself, if you're, you know, one person and you're, you're in a 
cohort of relatively strangers, you do get a chance to have those interactions. Now, the second half that we're starting to go into, um, there's a portfolio. And and, yes. and many people, when I hear portfolio, I, I kind of hear this like... <laughs> Because I'm like, what is this thing? How does it work? What are we doing? Rick, what is a portfolio and what am I getting myself into? Great question. And it's one of the things that has been like trainers. Some of us trainers have been wondering, would this be easier for you if at the very beginning we said, ultimately, you're going to turn this portfolio. This is what it looks like. But don't worry about that. We're going to do this. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you learn. The way we do it is we get you thinking about the criteria or the standards, the, the, um, the, the just the criteria that you will ultimately create a portfolio about. And then, then we say, okay, here's what you're gonna turn in. This is what it looks like. It is challenging for the people who are already like looking towards the finish line, like what do I have to turn in? But, when you get to this point that is like once you graduate from this this um these five synchronous sessions and move into the portfolio phase uh, which is literally what it's called you have six months to work on this portfolio which is essentially we call it an alignment map but it is a, a series it's just i'm gonna say about seven ish paper turned you know landscape wise with three columns the three columns are one side says the criteria the middle section is where you put a link to your artifact and the far side is a contextualization which is our fancy word for reflection like saying in for this criteria my learners are and i did in order to meet the standard and you use that contextualization as a flashlight for the artifact. So I'm assuming, I don't know, I would assume the evaluator clicks the artifact, it pops up in one screen, they read the cont contextualization and the contextualization will say something like, in this slide deck, slide seven through 12, show how I meet this standard. They then open up that slide deck, find seven through 12 and go, yeah, I see it. Or, hmm, I don't think they understood this one. Then, they will either give it a met, yeah, you did it, you're the best, or a not met, okay, for this criteria, what we're really looking for is da-da-da-da-da. You gave us da-da-da, neat, but we want da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and so Trumpet then you- player, can, huh? First, well, trombone, but still, trombone. you get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that, and the nice thing about the portfolio phase, there's two nice things. The, can be good or bad depending on your your disposition the the one is you have six months to do it which is good for some people it was bad for me because i waited till the very end and the other thing is you have pretty much like non-stop access to carmelita and daisy they're the ones who are creating this program they're the ones who are running this program and they're the ones who want it to be successful which means they want you to get certified so if you are creating an artifact and you're like ah, i don't know if this will work they have office hours a couple times a month where you can submit the artifact join office hours or watch the recording later and say here's my artifact i'm thinking of using it for criteria such and such and they'll go 
yeah, this looks really good. I like how you did this and this. Something you might want to add is this. There's that one more advantage and positivity thing about finishing off that portfolio that you missed. What's that? Carmelita, I hope you're listening. He missed this. I did. At the end of phase two, when you turn in your portfolio, you get to go to phase three. Ah, uh, yes. And phase three is this glorious, amazing educator community. And then you start to work. On, stop that. And then you go into working on your recertification. And, and Rick, the, the best thing about being finished with the portfolio is you never have to make another one again. Amen. Hallelujah. That, one, more, one more time. Totally. Because that was something that whenever we do session five, because session one, two, three, and four are all about the criteria. Session five, we just go, okay, look, you want to know about the portfolio? This is everything you need to know about the portfolio. You got questions? I got answers. Ask me about the portfolio. One of the things that it, it talks about is how long does this certification last? And we say it lasts three years. And the looks on faces of like, I got to do this again and we're like no 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 no. you never have to do another portfolio ever again for recertification you get to interact with the ISTE certified educator community and that is where things get really cool so you earn points for doing different activities within the ISTE certified educator community so you get points for doing demo slams those are, happen once a month at two different times during the day and that's where you'll come up, like there'll be a theme. What is something you, what is a tool you like for evaluation? And you have three minutes to do, I use Pear Deck for evaluation. Here's why, here's how, but boom, <laughs> you have three minutes to do that. And that was my dog. Sorry. She's sitting in my lap. And again, I'm talking, so she's going to bark. Um, but so, yeah, you get points for presenting on that. You get points for attending that. Then there are other fun things like there was a team up with Adobe. So you, if you created um, some stuff for Adobe using Adobe tools, that was worth a ton of points. So there are all these, there was another one with ISTE teamed up with NASA and NASA education, and you got to create lesson plans using some of NASA's resources. Again, this then creates content for other educators to use and you to use as an SD certified educator, but then you get points towards recertification. So it's just this really neat opportunity to then work with, like you said, about the 1300 people worldwide who are SD certified. And now, it, it, it is worldwide. I want to throw that in. One of the, one of the cohorts that I ran had people on the East coast, me here in central, a couple people on the West coast. I had, two in New Zealand, three in Taiwan, and one in India. That So when I was having this meeting, which for me was like six at night, where I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready for bed. There, They were like, this is six in the morning for me. And the lady in India was like, oh, this started at 2 a.m. for me. <laughs> so like they're seriously dedicated educators that are really into just learning more about their practice. If you are interested in learning more about this, we are going to put links to not only this show, but all of our ISTE resources in our instructional coaches group, in our Facebook group. And under that Facebook group, we're going to have a poll. 
And I hope you guys have a chance to check that out because what I'd like to do for you guys is to collect a little bit of data. If you are a coach out there and you're ISTIA certified, I'd love to hear from you. I'd also love to kind of get an idea of why you did it, how your process was. And, and, and Rick, I'm assuming this is okay. Maybe we can share some links to portfolios and stuff. These are all free and fair game, right? Um, the portfolios, no, I don't think you have access to those, but you can have access to, uh, at least that's my understanding. But if, if a coach shares it, if a coach shares their own portfolio, if, if they're okay with it, I, I think that might be allowed. I I'll check with Carmelita, but that sounds good. That sounds right to me. So head on over to askthetechcoach.com, head on to the bottom, sign up for our Instructional Coaches Network on Facebook, join the more than 1,300 coaches that are out there right now, all having a good time, do it before the new year ends, and you, you let us know what you think about ISTE certification. Rick, again, I got to say, this has been an amazing opportunity to get a chance to not only work with my my peers and my colleagues, but also reach out. I mean, you know, you and I were in Atlanta and mm -hmm. we just happened like it was like, what was it? Like the last 20 minutes of the set of the entire weekend conference. And we so, kind of yeah. passed and we're like, hey, we kind of have a lot in common here. Right. Mm hmm. And yep. it's these things that bind us together. And it's these things that help us grow our PLN. I'm looking forward to seeing what that um, ISTE, um, you know, the, the, the certification group and going into, I got to do this one more time. Phase three is going to look like. We do get to turn our tassels at the end, right? That's the whole oh, deal. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. What did you get out of this process as a as a learner? And I know I'm not gonna, I'm going to ask you the same question in a second about being a trainer, but going through the ISTE certification process, what did you take away from it? What did you get out of this pro program? Um, it well, it was definitely one of those where, like, when I added the badge, right? People go, "What is that?" <laughs> and so being able to talk to them about it was pretty cool but also it it really opened me up to being more intentional about my use with techno use of technology we have access to so many tools right now like it's kind of a golden age of ed tech right um and a lot of tools can do multiple things and sometimes it really becomes like i'm gonna do a what's that called when you slam them all together like uh whatever it's called when you do a bunch of tools all at once an app smash app smash. Thank you. It's tempting to do some sort of app smash with every assignment, but that's not what these standards are about. This really got me thinking about how, okay, I really want them to focus in on this. I could use Wii video and slides and ed puzzle and make them record a video that I turn into an ed puzzle and they use slides as their back. Sure could do all that, but that's not necessarily what the standard is about. I'm not, I'm not necessarily teaching the tool. It's curriculum first, tool second, and the technology is just that, a tool. And these ISTE standards really get you thinking that way. Same question, but now in the trainer. Uh, first of all, how many, how many cohorts, how, how long have you been doing this? How many cohorts have you done? And then like, what are you taking out of this as a trainer? Um, it's a hundred percent selfish. If I'm going to be honest, what I, I am getting the opportunity to meet so many educators from all over the world. Um, like 
when the pan pandemic happened, I got kind of deep into the, the global GEG world, right? Mm -hmm. um, that many of the trainers probably have heard of. And that was cool, but I didn't necessarily get to see what their practice was, right? Like I would just talk like, oh, you had a rough day today. Yeah, me too. Rah, rah, rah. But this, by doing these different cohorts, and at this point, I really like there's there's a few trainers that are out of control, like Tara Schneider. Uh, she has done uh, a billion, maybe I might be exaggerating, but she's done a lot of the cohorts. This is probably eight or nine for me cohorts that I've done. I try to limit it to maybe one one a quarter, <laughs> as it were, because they, there's a lot of work involved with the grading. But I get to see what teachers are doing all over the world. And it has really been um eye-opening and also has really helped my practice i now am a computer science teacher at a middle school went from beginner band to now computer science at a middle school along with doing adjunct instruction at a university and i'm getting all these great ideas from the the people in my cohorts like i've I would not have been using half the tools I'm using now had I not heard about them through the cohorts that I'm leading. So that's been, um, again, super selfish, but I'll take it. It's, it's really given me some great ideas. I, I want to pause here and bring up one thing that I, just should be said. These cohorts can happen during the school day. Yes, but they don't have to. You and I have had this conversation. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you can get yourself into a cohort that might run six to eight in the afternoon. Yep, those are the only ones I teach. So that that's part of what's been limiting for me. Um, and also, if we're doing an international one, there have been a few that are like, "Hey, are you willing to do a five five to seven Saturday morning?" <laughs> Absolutely not. No, but <laughs> there have been like. The cohort I was doing yesterday was four to six for me. That was an Oklahoma cohort. Another one was more West Coast based. So me and the other trainer who's East Coast, it was nine to 11 for me. It was 10 to midnight for her. But that was so the West Coast folk could have, what is that, six to eight, right? So those are the ones that I tend to lead. But they, like you said, they can happen to fall during the during the school day, like I believe yours does, right, Jeff? Because we're doing it with a group, ours are all during the day. But again, that's because the school district has made this a, a priority. Awesome. I'm very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And they have said, we will be doing this during our contracted time. And we block that time out, we do it, and I'm so happy and so grateful for all of that stuff. That's if you're doing cool. this by yourself, yeah. Rick is happy to do this on a Saturday with you. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. Of course. <laughs> but only once a quarter. So yes. if you're looking for more information, head on over to ISTE.org and, and check it out. There's a whole how to get certified with ISTE. Uh, it takes you through the entire thing. Uh, join your cohort is step number one. Complete your online PD is step number two. Curate your portfolio and then, ready for it, Rick? <gasps> Become ISTE certified and you can join into that special ring of honor there. Um, Rick, I want to say, first of all, thank you for coming on. Uh, and, and, you know, thank you for, I can't tell you how many times I've cried on his shoulder on, on a Sunday. I, I'm not kidding. You know, 
Rick is available on the weekends for counseling if you need any of this stuff. But thank I you am. for helping me get through this. You're for not sure. uh, you're not finished yet. I have six more months of doing this. Um, but that's hey, that's just more podcasts to do. Rick, where do we get in touch with you? How do we find you online? For sure. I am at baluedtech.org. So that's my last name, B-A-L-L-E-W, edtech, E-D-T-E-C-H. I think I got that right. Dot org. Um, I'm also uh, at baluedtech on Twitter. Those are basically my two places that you can find me. Um, yeah. That's... And where, where do we get a hold of the um, dog? <laughs> the dog I'm trying to keep a hand on at all times so she stops freaking out. But, um, yeah, there no promises there. If um, you're looking actually, for more information, this is, of course, episode number 234 of Ask the Tech Coach. We are going to be placing this in our Instructional Coaches Network in all of our different platforms on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and K-12 Leaders. No matter if you're an instructional coach or any kind of digital learning leader, this is the podcast for you. I want to say thank you to everybody out there. Coming up in January, we've got a lot of great performances Sorry, I always speak like a music teacher. We have a lot of great conferences coming up um, I'm going to be presenting at. And, of course, it's not going to be long before Rick and I get a chance to see each other again in Philadelphia for ISTE. I'm looking forward to a great year, Rick. One last time, thank you for coming on. And Carmelita, Daisy, thank you for a great session. And if you are out there doing ISTE certification write me an email. Would love to hear from you guys. Jeff at teachercast.net. And that wraps up this episode of the Ask the Tech Coach podcast. Hope you're having a great time, a great holiday, and taking some time for yourself and for your family. It's going to be a long next couple months. And if you need anything, we are here for you. So on behalf of Rick and Isti and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.